everyone is looking for him. If you were ill and Jesus came and touched your hand and you got up out of bed, you'd understand what impact that made on the apostles. Watching Jesus go to the house of Simon, which is in Capernaum, and greet his mother-in-law, who was sick with the fever. He went in, grabbed her hand, and she was healed. That's what we look for in Jesus, the healing Jesus. However, the scriptures don't start with optimism today. That's healing and that's happiness for the family and great evangelization because it's teaching the word of God and what the word Jesus is doing, bringing God's gospel to others. The reading today starts out on the underbelly of that, with Job. Job is not a historical figure in the scriptures. Job is a story meant to counteract the philosophy of the day, which basically said, and you might, might be repeated today, if God is so good, why does he allow people to suffer? That's the whole thesis of the author of Job. And it's, it's position in the literature of the scriptures, it's called part of the wisdom or sapiential literature, in a position where it could teach, but it's, it's positioned as a play, a piece of theater. And you can see this being played out almost if you read the whole book, of Job, but it's not a very long book. God and the devil are having a conversation. Again, it, this is myth. This is poetry. This is not fact. This is not even biblical authenticity. This is the Bible has solidified the book of Job as part of the wisdom literature to teach us wisdom. So God and the devil are having, they're play, playing cards, you know. They're having a chat. And the devil says to God, people follow you because they're afraid of you. People don't follow you because they love you. And God says, oh, that's not true. People follow me because they have faith in me. And the devil says, hurt one of them and let's see how far they follow you. And they look down to earth and they find this man called Job, wealthy, Ten kids, a lot of land, property, cattle, more money than he can count. So the devil says, okay, if you think people will follow you because they love you, I'm challenging you to remove some of what they own. Now we're going back to the period in which possessions meant God loved you. Poverty meant God's angry at you. We know, since Jesus, that's not the case. But that was the philosophy that the author of Job is addressing. So, he says, take things away from Job. Let's see how much he loves you. So, it's a long list, but step by step by step, 
he loses his cattle, he loses land, he loses his children, loses his wife, everything is gone. And he's sitting on a dung heap. And his friends are coming up to him. This is all part of the poetry. His friends are coming up to him and saying, Job, you really screwed up. You're being punished because you sinned. And Job said, I, I, I don't remember sinning. I, you, I didn't do anything. Other friends would come, oh, God is punishing you for your ancestors' sins. God is punishing you for this reason, for that reason. And each one, Job says, no, no. I, 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 I know my Redeemer lives and he'll save me, but I didn't do any of those things. And then God speaks to the protagonists around Job. Were you there when I created the universe? Were you there when I set the limits? When I created rain and snow? And again, some simple understanding of God as creator. And through all of it, Job stays faithful. I know my Redeemer lives and he'll redeem me and he'll save me. And with that, the conflict between God and the devil ends and God goes to Job and rewards him with more than he had. We're still playing with that idea then. It's, it's an antique idea that the rich and powerful are good and the poor and hungry are not good. That's not our Christian theology. That was the theology of the Old Testament in this period. So we leave it there. Almost stuck. Because you and I know that even today, many of us think that when we're sick or things aren't going our way or there's unemployment, we've been punished. Not by our bosses or society. We've been punished by God because he, he doesn't love us. He doesn't hear our prayer. Not so. I mean, if you take that to the fullest extent of thought, a person who suffers and dies in a very painful way is punished. Well, Jesus came and endured suffering and died. And God's response to that was resurrection. So now we have in the New Testament the story of Jesus healing. And people start looking for him. Peter says, everybody's looking for you. Everybody wants Jesus as the genie. Jesus is not a genie. If he did, remember what he said to Pilate, if I, my kingdom was in this world, legions of angels would be fighting on my behalf. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. So we go deeper into the relationship that every one of us has with God. And that relationship is called faith. And we can't say faith is blossoming when I'm doing well and succeeding because our faith is an inner search to be held by the hand of Jesus. Our faith is we want to be healed, we want to be comfortable, but we also have to be human as Jesus was human and have faith in God that he will see us through. 
And seeing us through does not mean always like he did with the mother of Simon Peter. She got up and she started, after she was healed, taking care of things, doing things. Yes, that is our human goal, to be healed and back to normal when we're ill, when we're suffering illness, when we're suffering in the world at all. War, illness, anxiety, family issues. Our goal is peace. Our goal is accomplishment. But in the world, that's not how it works. We could pray for it to be relieved. This is the week that we celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes in France. And many people through these centuries, since the 1800s, have gone there to be bathed in the waters of Lourdes with the idea of healing. And in the hundreds and thousands of people who went there, there are documented like 60 healings out of a half a million. And you'd say, well, why would people even bother going? In conversation with the people who have been there, who have been blessed by the water, who have been dipped into the water, overwhelmingly people will say, I wasn't healed of my physical disability, but I'm closer to God. My faith is healed. I, I, I don't doubt God is with me, even in my disability. That's the kind of healing we as Christians are challenged to continue in our lives. Jesus is a kind of person in his gospel stories that goes out healing people physically. And he moves them from despair to hope. And through his healing power, he calls us to follow him. But this is gospel. He left what he was doing, and he went off to pray. And then when the apostles found him, he picked up the mission again. Okay, let's go and bring God's word to other people who are ill and diseased and controlled by Satan and evil. Because that's what I came to do, Jesus is saying. So he came to give us hope, especially when things are not going our way. To see the whole picture... Years ago, I had a burn accident in the 90s. My nephew was in grammar school or high school, maybe early high school, Michael. And I was in the hospital with first, second, and third degree burns. It was an accident, and I burned myself. That's a simple story of it. And I remember being in the hospital, and the nurses coming over, you know, taking care of a priest. And one nurse said to me, oh, you're going to have a lot to preach about when you leave here. And I, I knew that I was going to be preaching about suffering. Not as a martyr. I suffered because I had an accident. I didn't suffer because I was bad. At times I am bad. We all are. But that's not why I stuck my hand in the fire. 
It was an accident. My nephew comes to visit me in the hospital and says, I can't believe this happened to you. I said, oh, yeah. I says, it's a long story, but the flue in the fireplace was closed and the flame was going up the ceiling, so I reached in three times to pull open the flue. He says, yeah, I know that's how it happened, but I can't believe it happened to you. I said, it was my house. It was my fireplace. No, no, no. Uncle Louie, you're a priest. Accidents like this shouldn't happen to you. How simplistic. How beautiful. But how simplistic. That I should be spared suffering because I'm a priest. We all have memories of John Paul II until the day he died. He refused to resign. He wanted to teach the world suffering. Not to impose suffering on the world, but through his own Parkinson's disease, he suffered, but refused to take it easy. He wanted to let the world know, I believe, through that suffering, that he is enduring God's will, not losing faith, not healing. He didn't die healed. He died suffering. But he never lost faith that God was with him. Not the genie of the Old Testament, but God of the New Testament, Jesus Christ, who himself <coughs> knew suffering and suffered. Yes, everyone is looking for Jesus. But we who believe have to look at the full Jesus as he comes to us in the scriptures. The Jesus who heals, yes. Healing will happen. But inner spiritual healing happens a lot more than physical healing. And that's what we're here to increase. Our relationship with Jesus to, to be optimistic in the midst of illness. And many of you know I've been praying for the healing of my niece. And the entire family and all her friends are praying for her physical healing from her brain tumor. And she's going through therapy and radiation and all that stuff. My prayer, of course, is healing to get back to the family, to get back and do the things that we all do as a family, her enjoying her husband and kids and her mother and all that. We're praying for that. But deeper than that is the praying that she believes and knows Jesus is with her through her suffering. Jesus is with her through her anxiety. Jesus is with her through her longing to be back to, quote, normal. And that should be all our prayer. No matter what our suffering, if it's marital, if it's poverty, it doesn't matter what the suffering is. To know that, as Job concludes, my Redeemer lives and he is with me, that is so comforting. But it doesn't come in a flash. It comes through life's experiences. It comes through following Jesus who goes off to pray to the Father.
pray for his own intentions and pray for your and my intentions. We're a people of faith. Capital F, faith. And that faith brings us healing, inner healing. Eventually, after a month, I got out of the hospital and got back to pretty much normal, only relieved of the scars of the burn after three, four years. I had to wear special gloves on this hand, and it was inconvenient. But through that ordeal and experience, I knew my Redeemer was with me. So I could roll up my sleeves and use my other hand as much as possible and go forward and continue my ministry. But that's only because I'm a priest. We all have ministry. No matter what suffering we have, we all have ministry as parents, as children, as elderly, as young kids, as professionals. Our goal as Christians is to hold on to the healing life of Jesus within us and go about our ministry. And following Jesus, going off to a place to pray. And when he's challenged and called out of that place by his friends, he doesn't say, leave me alone. He doesn't say, it's me time. He says, let's go to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this is the purpose have I come. To be healed. And to heal. Yes, every one of us wants to be healed by the hand of Jesus. Don't ever stop looking for him and increasing the relationship we have with him within ourselves. Mm -hmm.